Alright, let's go. <clears throat> this podcast contains, uh, explicit language, adult beverages, delicious tobacco, and, what's that say? Flagrant misuse of dice? What does that even mean? Who the hell wrote this? To hell with it. I need a drink. Huh? Oh, okay, whatever. <clears throat> this is the Dice and Pipes podcast. From the dark abyss of the internet, here comes Dyson Pipes. <laughs> Alive and well. What's going on, Chris? How are you? I'm I'm great. A lot of whiskey, but I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. I'm a little disheartened today. Disheartened? Yeah. Our friend Carlos uh, just started singing the praises of IPAs. Come on, stop it. Text him and tell him to put his like man boy pants on. That's pretty much what I said, and he replied with, I'm confused. No, drink whiskey. That's yeah. it. It's as simple you know what, as that. You, you Just know what? put drink. live on the air. Yes. Live Just text. Drink whiskey. Period. Oh, we we're doing this live. Drink space. W Now when you spell whiskey, do you do it with an E or no E? I do it with the E in parentheses, like assholes. Oh, you're so bougie. I love it. I love it. Let's see. What do you think uh, what do you think Wild Turkey American Honey says on their bottle? It is not whiskey, but they do say exceptionally smooth liqueur blended with pure honey and bourbon whiskey with oh. an E. There and you go. That's wild turkey. So I'm going with an E. When autocorrect adds the E, that's good enough for me. Good. That's all I Add need to know. Add the E, good enough for me. If that's Apple knows, then it's the truth. It's gospel. Yeah. Uh, what's the guy's name who runs Apple? Tim Pool? No, nah, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. He runs it from, from the grave. Yes. He'll be resurrected soon <laughs> <laughs> to reclaim Apple and reinstate it to its, you know, former glory. glory. Yes, yeah. uh, very white and square. Everything is white and square. White and square. Timeless, of course. Timeless. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, of course, is Dyson Pipes. You can find us on the Insta chats and Twittergrams. Uh, just put in Dyson Pipes. I type uh, in Insta chats and it gets me nowhere. I don't understand. You're typing wrong. Insta. That's your problem. That's my problem. Yeah. You don't spell the ampersand. Fuck. Yeah, you just, oh, done. shit. I'm done. I'm done. Fuck my phone. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me get that. How old is that phone? If you had to wager, I guess. Four years. And we're still rocking it. Still going. The camera, does, new, camera doesn't work on it. Camera doesn't work. I put a new battery in it. To we're take, good to go. To take pictures for Instagram, you actually have to you break out your actual camera, I, take I the take, pictures, upload them to the laptop, the, then the, edit this them. This is what I do. I take. <laughs> I have. I have a Canon, a DSLR. I take the photo with that. I upload it to my computer. I then email it to my phone. <laughs> do whatever filters I want to do on the on the picture, and then puts it to the Insta chats. Put another filter on that. I'm sorry, you puts it to the Insta chats. I, I puts it to the Insta chats. Gonna have to make it roll. On I did that. that on purpose for the Insta chats. All right, I'm gonna okay. That, that I was believe done. You. I believe you in design. I believe you. You're, you're a gentleman, and it's only because of the. Uh, that sweater that you're wearing. I like the emblem on your left breast. Big fan. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, so it goes double filtered. Kind of like uh, General George. All yes. my pictures, double filtered. General All George. All the filters. All the filters, double filtered. HDR for life, that's what I say. Look, hashtag. Hashtag know? HDR. For life, L-Y-F-E. For the number four? The number or, four. Yeah. No, HDR. Too four. legit to quit. You even did the hand signals. Or is that cut it out? No, I think you Dave did Coulier. cut it out for too legit cut to quit. It. Yeah, I did. Good enough for me. Do though. I have to roll for that? No, 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 no. No hand That's gestures? Good. No, okay, fuck that. I'm a little nervous because we've been drinking a little bit. No, we're not a bunch of mutes. <laughs> a bunch of mutes. <laughs> we're good. You and your fucking broken ears. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you drinking? <clears throat> Uh, we're still working on this wild turkey. We're down to the we're down to the talons. Oh man! Oh shit! That's right. There's a fucking turkey on this. Thing. Yeah. I only drink liquor if it has the the shadow of an image on it. I agree. You say talons. I say cankles. Oh, yes. Yeah, the turkey doesn't look very fat. But for a turkey, I think that is fat. It is. Yeah, it is. I'm it's going a fat with turkey. I'm going with cankles. Drinking all this honey. There's yeah. a lot of sweetener. Oh bother. <laughs> it's probably a lot of high fructose corn syrup in this. Kind of like Yoohoo. Yoohoo chocolate drink. Yeah, fucking Yoohoo. You I'm still you. waiting for them to come out and admit that it's not milk. I'm waiting for a check. Yeah. Do you think when they write us the check, though, it's going to be handwritten? Why are you fucking breaking my balls? <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I don't get right now. I handwrite this, checks This is going to be a very adversarial episode. This is. We're done. You can see. We're done. Well, I do have another toast. But what are you smoking first? Oh, uh, plum pudding. Still working on this plum pudding. I like it. I'm almost like about. Oh man, I forget how big this author is. It took me two episodes to get through all that Japanese shit that you put in there. <sighs> a lot of tentacles. The Susuka and the tentacles. Oh, tentacle. Uh, which was delicious, but now I'm starting to get drunk, so I need something heavier so I can taste yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, which is funny because I'm going in the opposite direction. I've stuck with Virginia's, <gasps> and I'm on. Oh, uh, excuse me, Sutliff Five Fifteen RC One. Delicious. Mm. Now, I don't even know what the fuck that means. Is that Peter Sutliff or Eric Sutliff? That would Stutliff. be John fuck. and you should uh, roll. I'm going to roll. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Of course, on Dyson Pipes, when you can't fucking talk human words and you mess up. Mi- <laughs> you, you, are you going to roll twice? You want an extra die? <laughs> you know what? I'll roll with disadvantage. Oh, I like it. Disadvantage. Making up rules on the fly. I like it. Good. Come on, good. baby. Uh, when you fuck up your words, you got to roll to drink. You son of a fuck. And you're drinking. What's your... Uh, My high number was a 20. No way. What's your low? Five. Perfect. Drinking up. Good shit. Um, <coughs> yeah, what was the stuff that caused uh, Dawn of the Dead? Or... 245 Trioxin. That, that's what I'm smoking. Yeah? By Sutliff. It's delicious. I was in a band once, and we had a song called 245 Trioxin. How did it go, Brian? That great. You don't want to sing the words? Uh, oh, the, the the song that you're thinking. So that that song never made air. Oh, uh, two, four, five, trioxin. We're like a death metal band, and I, I don't have the the pipes for death metal, but it was something. <coughs> oh Jesus Christ! And this is where we lose any followers that we had. Two, four, five, two, four, five, two, four, five, trioxin. But uh, one of our groupies, uh, Mo, was his name, real life. Okay, he came up with a song. I don't remember the name of the song, but it went something like this. <coughs> huffing, huffing, my eyes start to change. Huffing, huffing, the lawnmowers are strange. Some people prefer acid, coke, and grass. 
Not me. I prefer Hyatine Gas. Huffing, huffing. I feel so faint. Huffing, huffing. It's time to hallucinate. <laughs> Did you then tell Mo? Like different dates that you were performing, so this motherfucker didn't show up to your shows. Uh, no, we I, I didn't like Mo that much. Obviously, his fucking lyrics suck. No, it rhymes. Huffing, my eyes start to change. The lawnmowers are strange. It, you know, that's all you need. I don't think. I mean, what, what am I supposed to say? He was a friend of the friend. He was the assistant, the assistant manager of the movie theater. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, what's going on over there on your side of the? Uh, I'm 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 trying to disassociate myself from Mo. Hey, what do you yes. think about? I I already can tell we're going to go long today. What do you think about adding? Can we add to this table? I know we were talking about building our own table. Can sure, you add to an existing table. Yeah, hot glue. That's always good, and some duct tape. Okay, good. I was thinking about. What about if we made a D&D table yes, for yes. podcasters, right? Okay. And the DM side, because the DM is probably running the podcast in most cases, I would imagine. Okay. Just for this thought experiment, making this table normal the way it is, but yes. on the DM side, making it a T-shape. Oh, come out wider on your side. Just Yeah, and then it cuts back in at 90 degree angles, perhaps, and then... It was a regular table after that. You'd never be able to use it for dinner because you'd have a gigantic wooden tea in your in your dining room. So but same height. Everything is the same except Just right wider. about where like the laptop is. Yes, yes. Make have it a tea. Right. Have it like bump out more. Yeah. Okay. You could do that. You know, because the, the DM, you know, probably has a, a larger ego than the players. He would need a bigger table to handle the bigger ego. Yeah, I get it. I don't understand why you have to be such a piece I, of shit. No, That's I'm just I, I'm, I'm pointing out I'm pointing <laughs> out the, the dynamics of the table and how it matches. Well yeah, but when we play DM, games Yes. When we play games Okay. The games. Yes, yes. This I, is I, the same person, by the way, who's very distraught over handwritten checks. Everything can be done on a computer. I would pay you in cash. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) no! Yes, a wider table it is then, Uh, because uh, the microphones and the the obnoxiously large dice tray that I have that I stole for. What is this? What is that? I I think it's like a five dollar jewelry box. That's not like the top to like a Russell Stover cookie tin. It might be. (laughs) It might be. (laughs) Um. You should suspend your microphone from the ceiling. Oh, like the, the let's get ready to rumble guy? Yeah, yeah. Or like Mr. Michael Buffer. Or Mr. Kennedy. Who's Mr. Kennedy? For a wrestling. wrestling thing? Yeah. I don't know anything about. I know Michael Buffer, though. I know Michael Buble. I know Buble. He's like a wannabe Frank Sinatra. Isn't his name Michael Bubble? Buble. He's French. Mm. There's an accent. There's a over one of the E's. Carlos says, yes. okay, dickhead. Figures. <laughs> Someone who doesn't drink whiskey. That's how they would respond. I'm just going to send him a kissy face. He'll appreciate that. He's into kissing faces. No, he's not. Did no, I ever no. show you the picture that I have for Carlos on my phone? No. <laughs> so Carlos is a bald Spanish man. 
who looks very intense at all times with a mustache. Uh, and I found a picture of a Spanish man, except the mustache is attached to his forehead. And he looks strikingly like Carlos. He does. <laughs> Just the mustache is about four inches too high for where our friend Carlos actually has his mustache. Oddly enough, speaking of Carlos, I'm sure this is entertaining radio for everybody. Yeah, yeah. He just went to a boating course, and now he wants to buy a boat. Oh, what kind of boat is he going to get? I'm going to tell him to get a kayak. (laughs) (laughs) We should get Uh, drunk and build a canoe for him. Yes. Out of pallets. Oh, it's a good idea. Kayaks are awesome. That's what I sent him. I like that. I'm done with Carlos. Good. Anyway, on to the show. Yes, on to the show. Uh, we have some gameplay we have to do. We're definitely going to go long today because we already spent... Uh, no way. 11 minutes. I, I don't even know what we've been talking about. Did you talk about your tobacco yet? I feel like I'm in a daze. No, you're in a, you, you talked about your wild turkey and your plum pudding. I'm smoking. I said my 515 RC1. We then parlayed into your former band glory death metal days. Every episode we record, yes. I'm itching for the opportunity to tell my favorite story of all time, and that's when I dated a werewolf. Don't, don't ruin it yet. Yeah, I got to save that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to um, save that. I do have a toast. Oh. Enlighten us. So, I don't know. People seem to think my toasts, the toasts obviously are designed to complain about things that we don't like. And I have been accused of not liking bizarre things like Yoo-Hoo and handwritten checks and people touching grapes and whatnot. Uh, but these are things that do truly bother me. And close to the top of the heap is the number eight. I'm sorry, like your number eight pick, which is? No, no, no. The number eight. And I'll tell you why I don't like it. What I want everyone to do is raise your glasses wherever you are. Maybe, maybe you're delivering a baby right now. Drop that little mush ball and raise a glass. What if they have eight fingers? They're probably slighted by this toast. They should be. I don't have a problem with things appearing in the eighth level or uh, the eighth song on a disc. It's physically the number eight. Why? Because every number is easy to draw. One. Okay. Right? Two. Just a little loop. Mm-hmm. Three. A couple of hoop ho- hoops. Hoops. Fuck. A couple of what? Hula what? Hoops. Fuck. Yes. Oh, we're off to a great start. It's really unfortunate that I I have to piss again. This is becoming like uh, like a recurring (laughs) theme now. Your old man bladder. Fuck, my old man bladder. As much as like the grays in my chin are coming out, like it's affecting my bladder. Yeah. My bladder is going gray. Your bladder has a lot of grays and it's chinny chin chin. Fuck. Can you survive the toast, or do you want to go pee? Oh, no, no, no. I have to hear this. I have okay. to see, like, you connect the dots here. So the hoops of the three, <laughs> right? Right. Now, the four. There's two ways to draw a four. You can do the 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 old school way and uh, do the, uh, the uh, line uh, down uh. and the, the line going through okay. the center of the horizontal portion, or you could do the triangular four, right? The, I call that the isosceles four. Isosceles four, yes. Right. Five is a little complicated. Like, five is up there. Five is probably my second most hated number because there's a lot of oh, okay. you, know, you got to draw the horizontal line, then do a ninety degree angle down, then do the hoop at the, <laughs> at the bottom. You don't have to pick your pen or pencil up from the paper. Exactly, that's what I'm getting at. Right. The eight. Mm-hmm. You have two choices. Right. You can either do like an S 
and then connect it with a backwards S, and your eights always look like they're anorexic and tipping over. It's very hard to draw a precise eight. Did you have a lot of people judging your eights in your no. youth? The second way, oh, okay. in the way that I write eights, is a circle on the top and then a bigger circle on the bottom, almost like a snowman without a head. Right. So what you're saying is it's become very difficult to draw two zeros. It's just an unnecessarily difficult number to draw. That's all I'm trying to say. More so than a five. Yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's either going to come out bad or you got to lift your pen off the paper. What's harder? Oh, right? a, a cur- no, no. You're, what? you're calling my hand. We're doing this. Okay. If you can only pick up the pencil. Yes. And find so a piece of paper. So many notebooks. So what's harder to draw, a circle or a, a curved line? I want you to shut your dirty mouth. I'm just asking. Until, <laughs> uh, yes. We're going to go to the back of my map page. This is, uh, for those listening, this is in our Warhammer, uh, my Warhammer map book. Look, here's a little sneak peek. Here's a manufactorum. You Whoop. motherfucker. That's for the Warhammer episode, kids. We're going to go to the back. No sneaking. I want you to draw an eight. And I want you to focus on it. I want you to make a fucking a Picasso. Just draw an eight. How you would normally draw an eight. On this page? Sure. Yeah. An eight. Yeah, look. It, it's all fucking stupid looking. It's got this this like sad It's head. got a toupee. <laughs> Is this how you always draw eights? Uh, when I'm under pressure? Yeah. Oh, oh, go oh, ahead. I don't want you to feel any pressure. We're friends. <clears throat> well, depending on how this goes. So here's how I draw eights. Yes. Okay, that's fantastic. What's wrong with that? It's way too hard than it needs to be. That's my problem with the fucking number eight. This is also coming from the same person who has a problem writing out checks. Yeah, and guess what number I hate writing on checks? Could you imagine? Twelve. I'm just... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, we have an update. Yeah. This just in. (laughs) Sidebar. Uh, No fucking kayaking. I've done that many times. Okay. I don't believe you. I'm trying to be serious. Want your opinion. What do you think? What kind of boat do you think he should get? A cuddy sark. Is it a cuddy sark or a cuddy shark? <laughs> it's a cuddy It is a shark. Yeah. It shows what I know about boats. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, if you would, me. please. Pardon me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Saving throw. 19. You fucking yes. scumbag. I'll get to Carlos in a second when you go pee. Ah, good call. So... I don't like the number eight. It's a necessary number. I'm not saying it's unnecessary. I'm saying that in this day and age, when we are crafting the number system, they could have come up with something better than the design of the eight. It's the design of the eight that I don't like. So how would you play the game? Like, what would you change it to? Like crazy sevens? No, no, no. Eight can exist. Oh, the 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 representation of the number should change. Exactly. What would you make it? I'll show you. I'm glad you asked. Oh, you've thought this through. So you know what the number eight should actually look like. Is this based on some sort of like Egyptian hieroglyphic that you once saw? You think the letter U (laughs) should represent the number eight. The letter U (laughs) should represent eight. In my humble estimation, the letter U is the simplest letter to draw. Now, how do you feel about the symbol for (laughs) infinity? Fuck that. That's an eight sideways? Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the symbol for infinity should be launched into outer space for <laughs> infinity. That's what I say. How dare you? How fucking dare 
you take the most obnoxious number to draw. Right. And then dump it on its side. So... <laughs> the number eight is like one of the easiest numbers to draw. It's two circles. Why not the, the number four and the number five? If you're going to have a gripe with numbers, why not the number three? It's half an eight. Yeah, but it, it, you're not getting it. That's right, because the three has two hups. <laughs> two. <laughs> but then the number... The four, you actually, is the only number that you have to pick your fucking pen up. No, not if you make an isosceles four. But most people aren't aren't taught to draw it that way. Well, They're taught to draw from the top. Whose down. fault is that? The teachers. That's Common Core. That is Common Core. Red for Ed hashtag. I don't they, know what that means. I don't know. It's some new hashtag. I think Red for Ed. Red for Ed. There you go. Why? So, uh, so you're not with me is what I'm it, hearing. This this might be the one that we we kind of we kind of break from each other. The number eight you have a pro- a problem with. I mean, what's dumber that or it's five o'clock somewhere. It definitely it's five o'clock somewhere is a much more palatable. Yeah, well, what, imagine if it was eight o'clock somewhere. I that I would lose my fucking See? mind. All right, I would lose my. So mind. you're coming onto my side a little bit. No, I'm thinking why shouldn't you be allowed to drink earlier? I'm thinking why do you have to draw so many pictures to make a letter eight? You just have to draw one like you do with the number I five. To, I have to roll. Yes. I'm self calling me. The, I like that. <laughs> That's good. The letter eight. Oh boy. Fifteen. Oh, you're good. You're good. Can you imagine it was an eight. I'd fucking I'd throw this thing right through the window. I, I think I'm gonna secretly sabotage all of your dice. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take my mm-hmm. lighter and just melt off the number eight. I never want to see the number eight again. Yeah, you're like traumatized. <sighs> what are you gonna do? I think what we need to do, yes, is play some D and D. I think that's a great idea. All right, so here. Fuck you, number eight. All right, to number eights. But not two number eights. Come back. To one through ten without the eighth number. Yeah. We only need nine. What do we need ten numbers for? No, you really don't. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten. <laughs> Look how much more efficient that is. You don't see 80 miles an hour for a speed limit. That is true. You don't see, oh, buy this TV for 388. The no. eight is completely unnecessary. That's what I say. It's like a holding place. That's right. You yeah. just create your own number, like the yeah. letter U. There's no there's no holidays in the eighth month of the year. Um. Wow, really? August has no holidays because it's the number, it's the eighth month. Fuck that month. That's what I say. Oh man! All it does is get hot and sticky. It's the dog days of summer. The dog days. Oh, my son was born. And not only was he August, but he was August 18th. (laughs) (laughs) That was perfect. That was perfect. Oh, my God. This is falling apart quick. Let's let's talk about boats next. Oh, God. Fucking boats. Oh, on the break, we got to talk to Carlos. The Nina, the Pitta, the Santa Maria. (laughs) I'll get you in the bottom while you drink your sangria. Joe's Lemonheads, my dad's boat. We won't go down. <laughs> we won't go down because my dick can float. Did Mo write this song? Come on, it's prestige worldwide. Boats and hosts. I can't remember the next part, huh? We won't go down because my dick can float. Go around the world from port to port. Something, something, something. Because I come a quart. Something. 
because my dick could float. Court. Come. Nachos, lemon heads, my dad's boat. We won't go down because I. No, I think I did that part already. Fuck. I am Dungeon Master, your guide in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. As you're traveling along the road, you find yourself entering a small village. Uh, the kind of small village that doesn't even have a name. Maybe a dozen buildings or so. And they all appear to be log cabin type homes uh, that most of them double as businesses. There's a blacksmith forge attached to one house. Another house has the word shop painted above the front door. And the inn has a group of about 15 people in front of it, yelling curse words and waving torches and pitchforks. Getting closer to the crowd, you notice a dwarf at the head of the mob antagonizing everyone. What's he saying? Saying this things son of a like, "Bitch, we're trying to hook me into this." Wait, so we're traveling through this town. So the the road that we're on leads directly. through Yeah, you this cut town. through this little. It looks like a brand new kind of a village. There's only like like I said, twelve or fifteen houses or so, and most of the houses look like they double as a as a business and relatively new. So yeah. this looks like a small little pop up town. Right. It doesn't even have a name. Right. 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 Uh, and this dwarf is in the middle of this this angry mob, What's shaking his shaking his fist. Uh, come out. We know what you've done. Face the music already. Oh, God. We're one day into our journey. <laughs> oh, this is the second day. So we're on the second day. I, I look at... Oh, see, I... I look at Alvord. Oh, do I look at Alvord? Oh, we keep going south. I'm ignoring it. Okay. Uh, and you continue. So that puts us to the... As we're continuing, though, I just kind of look over my shoulder. I just want to see if anything happens. Yeah, they're pounding on the doors, and you can see the look. Uh, it looks like a jaunty-looking man, kind of like peering out the window at the angry mob. He looks very nervous. Uh, and every so often, you see him just kind of peek back out and go, go away again. All right, we're, we're going to continue. My fear, to be honest, is that we get involved and then Citadel goes missing. That's the last thing I need <laughs> happening right now. You know? And that would be our luck, I think. That would be our luck. All right. Yeah, so, we, we head south. So you're going to just press on? Yes. All right. So we'll say that brings us to the... Let's go to the 12th. Uh, the rain is... I guess you're in kind of the rainy season in this part of the world. It's, the rain is continuing. Uh, you're on camp the night of the 12th. All right, uh, so it's the night of the 12th. We're at a camp. Uh, are we looking to do anything, or are we going to keep it moving? And we're still about a week and a half out. I would say you're about you're about 12 days. Uh, 10 days from the, the edge of the swamp. All right, well, I would imagine that we do typical camp stuff. Camp stuff. You know, okay. Try to stay dry if it's still raining. Um, you know, maybe take, take some time. Alfred's out there hunting. Seeing what he can gather. All right. So we're going to continue? Yeah, we'll continue to head south. All right. So let's call it... Um, let's go... Let's let's fast forward time. Uh, you're rolling through the, 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 the grasslands. It's it's raining. Sometimes it's heavier than others. Uh, I, I imagine every once in a while your cart kind of gets stuck because there's a 500-pound war forged on top of it. Yes. Um so we had to dig out the wheels every so often, but so far, you know, Whitmore's uh, ingenuity has held strong. 
maintaining the weight of Citadel. Uh, no incidents, and you're just kind of rolling along through the muddy roads, and you do notice as you get closer and closer uh, to the swamp in the south that the trees are starting to go from... Originally, they were like pine trees, like uh, coniferous trees. And as you traveled south, when you did see a tree, they were more deciduous, like maple trees and whatnot. Right. Now you're starting to get like weeping willows that are kind of starting to pop up. The road is definitely getting mushier as you go. Um, so let's fast forward. You've passed uh, Fort Vogtrim without incident. So let's call this, we're on the 18th of Everton. Again, not, not much to report, uh, but on this day as you're traveling... Uh, you come across a dog, and he's whining in pain. He's caught in a bear trap. That'll pique my interest. Are you going to stop? Yeah, I'll stop the car. Okay. Uh, so as on closer inspection, you see that the, the, the hind leg of the dog is just barely in a trap. Luckily, it's not a tooth kind of trap. It's the kind that's just straight metal bars. So like at, a mouse trap. Right. At right. worst, this dog has maybe a broken leg. At best, it's just stuck and, okay. and very agitated. Now, it, just kind of peering to the east and west, the um, like the foliage, it's not dense. No, you're, you're definitely you in grasslands it. now. Okay. All right, so um, I'm going to stop the cart. Okay. I tell Whitmore, just arm yourself and be ready. We don't know if this is a trap. Okay. Uh, are you going to say anything to Citadel? No, 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 no. I'm sure he knows Mr. Calculation in the back. So okay. I, I say nothing, unless he perks up, being that we're stopping. But I would imagine that he's not, since we've stopped numerous times on the way. Well, to, remember to that he can always hear and understand everything that's happening around him. I know, because he's an animal. <clears throat> no, I'm not going to say anything. Okay. Are we going to try and help this dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to see if I can get him out of the trap. All right. Give me... First, give me a perception. A four. Okay. Now, uh, do you think you'd be doing this by yourself, or do you have Alvord helping you? No, Alvord would help me. I would think with his knowledge of traps and things like that, because I would not even have the slightest idea how to disarm a uh, like an animal trap. Okay, so this trap has been sprung, so really all you can do is, by brute force, opening it up. So I ask Alvord to help me. All right, so give me a strength check with a plus two. Thirteen. That's with the plus two? Yes. Okay. So as the trap starts kind of opening, you can hear the, the metal kind of hesitating and, and protesting as you open it. Uh, in the shrubbery near the road, these two kind of heavy-set, dirty-looking guys jump out. Oi, what are you doing? That's all bait. That's your bait? Yeah, we're trying to catch the bear. Yeah, you want to fight a bear? Let me tell you about my experience with the bear. <laughs> yeah, you're not using a dog to catch a bear, especially a live dog. Oh, what are you, a bad expert? No, but I'm not going to allow you to take a, a, a dog and use it as bait. Well, as why I see it, that's my dog, and I can use it however I want. Mm. Well, go Look, use Ricky, it. we got a dog lover. Oh, boy. Yeah, I let the dog out. So you continue? Yeah, yeah, fuck these guys. All right, so they both draw daggers. Okay. And they tell you, you better put that dog back. Yeah, I point my crossbow at the one guy's face. How far away are they? Uh, I would say probably about on the side of the road, so 10, 15 feet. Yeah, I point my crossbow at his face. I say, find another way to catch a bear. How about I put you in this fucking trap? 
Roll initiative. Sixteen. All right. Uh, okay, so that's those guys got a two. Whew. Would you get a sixteen? Yeah, yeah. All right, so it's gonna be you, <laughs> Alvord, uh, Whitmore. Or I'm sorry, Alvord, you, Whitmore, and then the guys. And in two rounds, Citadel, Citadel is going to realize what's happening. Okay. Uh, so Alvord is going to go first. Get my... uh, Alvord uh, draws his bow and fires a shot, and it strikes the uh, gentleman in the shoulder, doing one damage. Uh, you are up. You have the crossbow, correct? Yes. So it's already knocked with an app. No, it's not knocked. It's loaded with a bolt. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So I had already had this thing just trained on the guy's face. I'm just going to kind of close one eye. Just kind of angle my head. Almost like Danny Glover does in Lethal Weapon before he shoots his little revolver. So I just kind of twist my neck and then just close an eye and look down the sights of the crossbow and I fire it at whichever guy's closest to me. That would be Hunter 1. Hunter 1. A 10. So you fire the bow, and Hunter 1 just kind of moves to the side almost reflexively like he's about to get hit, and it flies right past his ear. Hunter 1 is up, and he targets uh, Alvord. I'm sorry, no, uh, Whitmore's up. And Whitmore targets the same guy that Alvord hit Hunter 1. And downs. Holy shit. Hunter 1. Uh, he just kind of picks his sword up and just almost like unsheathing it at the same time as he swings it. Just slashes right into Hunter 1 and he falls down. Hunter 2 targets Whitmore. And misses. One round to go. And Alvord is up. Alvord hits. Alvord draws his bow and fires, and it kind of just glances off the side of the left arm of the bandit, just scraping him a little bit. Uh, Harrison is up. The trap, is it anchored into the ground? No, it's like, well, eventually, yeah. It's like a chain with a right. stake in the ground. And we reset the trap. Like, when we open it, uh, I would imagine we let the dog out, yes. and then it just closed. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I was going to tell you, I throw it at his face. <laughs> See if it springs around his neck. Um, do I have to take another action to load another bolt? Yes, because you don't have the feet yet. Okay. But you do have a dagger. I do have a dagger. And I would say you're close enough to get up into him. Oh, he's only like 10, 15 feet away? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw my dagger out. I charge him, and I try to plunge my dagger right into his stomach. Okay. 20. Oh, crit? Yeah, natural 20. Yeah, I'm not adding anything to these. All natural right, hold 20. on. Hold on. Ooh, first crit. We rolled a nine on the table. Let me just pull up what that is. I love tables. Love the tables. Not, not this table. 
I like this table. No, this table's great. I love crit damage tables. All right, so uh, you stun your opponent for one turn. So what do you do to this guy? Roll damage. It's a 1d4, right, for the dagger? Plus the crit damage. It's a double. Six total. <laughs> All right, so your your blade goes in and gets him not necessarily in the stomach, but it definitely jams up under his rib. And the amount of pain that goes through him is staggering. And uh, he just kind of clutches it, drops his weapon, and goes down to one knee. And he's just kind of looking at the horror that's pouring out of his chest. So he's going to be stunned for this turn. I scream to Whitmore, finish him. And... Whitmore misses. Unfortunately, oh no! <laughs> in the back of your cart, all you hear is this explosion of steam, and Citadel rises up, and you notice that his eyes are not blue; they're like an orange-amber color. And already clenching his warhammer, he approaches this man and does. A significant amount of damage. He slams this this uh, hunter right in the back of his shoulder blades. He came up behind him with the hammer above his head and just comes down crashing and smashes in between his two shoulder blades and the guy just crumples to the ground. Uh, dead as a doorknob, as mm. they say. Good. And you are out of combat. I just, I just look at Citadel with just this smirk on my face and just shaking my head. I'm... I'm basically in awe of this guy. Like, that's awesome. I'm amazed. I'm uh, probably... My stomach is probably a little sick seeing this guy's fucking guts <laughs> all over the path. Citadel looks down to this this fallen man, and uh, he holds his arm out. And out of his forearm, several utensils kind of start poking out. One of them being a, a, what appears to be a very sharp, albeit short, knife. And he looks to the party. Is anyone hungry? Hungry for? Food. Oh, no. All, all you, Citadel. With a shrug, he looks at the human, looks back at you. I don't need food. And he puts his utensils away. They kind of disappear back into his forearm. And without saying another word, he goes back into his position in the cart. And he kind of contorts and, and reforms and lays down in the cart and comes to a complete stop. And his eyes go back dark. All right, I look at Alvord and Whitmore and say, "Did you guys, did you guys think the same thing that I'm thinking that he was ready to carve this guy up as food for us?" Whitmore shrugs. I mean, the dog is so cute. I can't imagine he'd go after the dog. <laughs> Where is the dog? Uh, the dog is just kind of scampered near the horses, just kind of like in a ball, kind of shaking and scared. All right, I tell Alvord, I say, search these guys, see if they have anything, and I go over to the to the dog. All right, so uh, the dog is kind of mangy, kind of wet. He's been looks like he's been out in the rain uh, for a while, and um, he's hesitant, but he's not growling or anything like that. He just looks like he's been through a lot. Uh, give me a medicine check. Eleven. All right, so it looks as if his leg is not broken, 
but okay. it looks like he was chewing at it for a while. So his his leg is pretty jacked up. If you were to try and touch the leg, maybe to like wrap something around it, the dog would not be feeling that. Well, that's I'm going to try to do that. Um, Give me animal, animal handling. Ooh. Fifteen. So, you, well, basically, what I'm going to try to do is I'm I'm going to pick the dog up like you would pick. It's like a medium sized dog. Yeah, picture like um, like a lab. Okay. I'm going to try to pick the dog up and bring him up onto the cart with me. Because I would think the cart is wide enough. It potentially seats, what, two people? Comfortably. Top, yeah. Maybe three if you're tight. So I'm going to I'm gonna pick him up. I'm going to try to lay him on the bench next to me. And uh, I'm going to attempt. I'm going to take the like the cloth, the, the what I was using to cover my waist with the weapon, and just cut a piece off to try to tie around his leg. Just to kind of keep it covered so he can't continue to gnaw at it. So with a 15, I imagine that it's a very long process. Like probably like an hour where you're spending kind of like letting the dog sniff your hand. Maybe you pull a little piece of jerky out of your pack and feed him and you're kind of petting him. And as you pet him, you slowly kind of work your way down toward his busted leg. And it starts off as like a little nip or a growl. But eventually massaging this dog and taking your time with the dog, he eventually kind of lets you get to the point that uh, he lets you wrap it up. So as you wrap it up, uh, you know, the, the dog lets you do it without incident. Uh, again, you feed him probably a couple scraps here or there. And uh, the dog seems to be grateful as much as a dog could be and decides that if you're going to sit on this bench as you travel, mm-hmm. he's going to stay with you. Oh, cool. My new pet. Would you like to name the dog? I'm going to think of a name, but okay. I will name the dog. Um, now, uh, I'll, I'll, I assume we'll fast forward time. Are you going to go after the bear, by the way? I don't even know if there is a bear. Okay, so we're just going to keep it moving. Unless Alvord, as the hunter, feels as though there's something that we can get from tracking and Lots hunting of a bear. Meat, but... Is it necessary? Like, are we low on... No. on okay, so... I mean, you've been eating a lot of, like, rabbits and easy things to trap. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but bear needs a lot of work. So if this was like an extended vacation kind of a thing, where like we're right. going to shack up in a cabin, maybe right. just to give a little variety to your food. But if we're moving at a pretty good clip, uh, then I would say he would he would suggest just to keep it moving. All right, so we're going to keep it moving. I, I would actually before we leave, I say we, but it's like high grasses, like what, like waist waist height. At this point now, it's turning more towards. Um, like flatlands, shrubbery, right? Grass here, or there, a tree here or there, but it's definitely getting flatter as you go. I ask Whitmore to take the bodies and move them off of the off of the path. Okay. Uh, as Alvord searched the bodies, by the way, uh, you have a, a collection of twenty gold. Do you want to keep the bear trap? If Alvord wants it, yeah. Um, Alvord will always take a trap. He'll just throw it in the back with uh, Citadel. Good. And if you want, you can take their daggers or their armor, but they're heavier guys. I don't know if their armor would fit you necessarily. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'll pass on that. Okay, I'll even pass on unless they want the weapons. I'm good with the weapons. Uh, let me do. Did Alvord spend all of our money getting the cart? Yeah, uh, there's probably like five or six gold left. All right, so we'll so just... we'll call it six gold. Okay. 
and Alvord does an amazing job hiding the bodies. Unlike the bear. Good job. <laughs> he learned from his mistakes. Um, now, when you're camping at night on your journeys, um, would you spend any time with this dog? Would you learn to teach it anything, or would you try and bond with it some more? Yeah, or is I'll, it? I'll work on bonding with the dog. I don't think really... Does the dog look older? Is it a puppy? Like, He's, he's average <clears throat> age. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll just spend the initial night or two just bonding with the dog. All right, just give me, uh, give me an animal, animal handling. Twelve. Okay. Uh, so you're, you're quickly forming a bond with, uh, with this dog. Uh, he looks like a, a yellow uh, Labrador. Okay. And we're going to continue? Yes. As you're passing any of these small little villages that you come across or just a random inn on the side of the road, is there any place that you're looking to stop or are we just pushing straight to the swamp? I would say with all the excitement, we'll probably just make our way directly to the swamp. All right, so by midday on the 24th of Everthin, uh, you find yourself at the fringes of the swamp. Uh, the, the ground has become very mossy, very wet. Uh, you notice that the trees, it, it's warmer now, it's in the 60s, and the trees don't really have a lot of leaves on them. Uh, it almost looks like upright uh, driftwood that's just kind of poking out of the mud. Kind of like what you would see, like trees growing out of like a reservoir. Exactly. Okay. Um, and you notice that the highway more or less stops. You could see paths that people use, um, but it's mostly by coincidence, just a few people used a certain path to kind of walk around and it kind of flattens all the, the mush and stuff. And then people see that and like, well, that's easier than traipsing through the mud. So you, uh, you continue following this path. However, your cart is completely useless. Yeah, I would imagine. So what would you like to do with Citadel? Are we to the point now where we don't care if people see him? So we are on the fringes of the swamp, right? How far, um, how far, just by using Alvord's knowledge and basing it on this map, how far do we think that we are away from a general area of where this path of crows is? He would have to guess, um, but looking at the map and knowing, he, he hasn't, as far as you know, he hasn't gone much further than mostly the outskirts. Uh, you'll find more like exotic snakes, alligators, things that you don't normally find anywhere else that he can sell at a premium. Uh, you, As a portmaster, you've probably seen crocodile hides, things of that nature. Okay. Um, especially for, like, the fancier people in the Imperium that want to get fancy crocodile shoes and belts and shit like that. Right. Um, this is where they all come from. So, really, it, it's more people looking to make a buck will make the journey here and endanger themselves to get more exotic kind of animals that you're not going to find anywhere else in the Imperium. The path that we're heading down, does it look as though it's been recently used? It's hard to tell. Everything's kind of... Because of the like the dampness. Right. And, okay. You can tell that people use it, but if you, were to, if you were to kind of zoom out and look, there would be winding paths everywhere. So while Alford might prefer, oh, you know what, this is the big tipped over weeping willow. I always come here and I usually head west from here. Another hunter might be like, no, I found better luck going south from here. Right. Um, so Alvord just did a survival check, and he got a five. So he's looking at the map, and he's going to guesstimate that 
the way you enter the swamp is close to where you see this thing written that says, according to Citadel, Path of Crows. It's more towards the northern side of the swamp. So he suggests um, maybe it'd be easier to follow the coastline or maybe a few miles in and just start exploring that way. Well, being that we can't use the cart... Should we break the cart down to use uh, some of the dry wood as firewood? Sure, if you want to do that. Okay. Do we wake up Citadel? Uh, he's not sleeping, right? No. All right. You could just tell him, hey, it's time to go. All right. So I tell Citadel, hey, look, hop out of the cart. All right? The cart won't make it any further. And again, with a very theatrical burst of a couple pieces of steam coming out from random crevices within his body, his eyes kind of flicker to a blue color and he uncontorts himself and stands up. No stretching, no, oh man, finally, he just is ready to go. He clenches. very robotic. Yes. Right. He clenches his war hammer and looks at you. Which way, traveler? I show him the map again and I ask him if he's aware maybe where we are and roughly where this path of crows would be in relation to our location. So he's just kind of gazing at this map. Uh, you can see his, his little crystalline eyes darting left and right, almost as if he's reading. And you can see him while standing completely erect. His head almost spins 360 degrees, but not quite. And he's just kind of scanning the area. And he, with a shrug, this doesn't make sense to me. It could be anywhere. The sisters come and they set up their home. So you're not picking up on anything? I've never been here. Oh, okay. Okay. So we follow Alvord's plan. So you guys are just going to kind of... We'll work south. We'll go with plan B. Okay. We'll head south into the swamp and see what we come across, as opposed to going along the coastline. Okay. Uh, do me a favor. Roll a flat 20. 12. Okay. So, uh, and now give me a flat four. Three. So you spend three days kind of meandering south, a little bit southwest, a little bit southeast. It's a little disorienting. Um, You're not 100% sure where you're going. Obviously, you have a very, very rough idea. And uh, within these days... You don't really come across anything uh, of note. Alvord makes a suggestion. You know, listen, we could we could be stuck in this thing for weeks. Right. I mean, the swamp is huge. It's the whole southern peninsula of the continent. We could maybe go to Swamp's Edge. Uh, <laughs> they may know something, but they would just as, just as likely rob us than give us any information. Um, we could continue just exploring. All I do know is, worst case scenario, as long as we go southwest, we'll find Swamp's Edge. Now, where is Swamp's Edge is where flesh is. Right. I'd prefer to stay away from that. Okay. So For we're the time just, being. How long would it take us to get to the southern point of the swamp if we continue south in the swamp? With, um, to try to get to where home is? Uh, going by that map, if we're going to give it any kind of credibility to accuracy... You're looking at probably four or five days 
uh, if just going straight south to the other coast. Right. So Harrison would turn to Citadel, and he would ask Citadel, is there any way to contact the sisters? We've, all three of us have seen the sisters in our dreams. Is there any way that we can make that happen again? They contact you when they want to. It's, they're in charge. Well, they led us to you in the cave. Yes. And now you've led us down here to the swamp. If I understand correctly, in the old world, the temple of the tra- one of the temples of the Traveler were in this swamp. They may have made their home at that temple, but I've never been there. So it's a possibility, <clears throat> excuse me, that the location on the map marked home could be this temple. Possibly. So I, I, I look at Alvord, and Harrison says, based on the information that we've gotten from Citadel, it flesh, I, I just want to stay away from that area. I, flesh can mean so many things. It can mean that's where these outcasts are that the Imperium was putting. It could mean that that's yeah. where they hunt for food. I mean, there's no fresh f- water here, so if, if I got exiled here... I would go to the coast. Right. Um, and it's no coincidence that they picked a coast that's as far away as possible. Um, now, you know, you have to remember the Imperium, these people may not necessarily be criminals. It's just the Imperium decided that their offense, whatever they were accused of, wasn't enough to murder. And they were exiled. Or they could legitimately be bad people. A mix of both. I've never been there. But I know it know. exists. So I'd rather expect the worst. I don't, I don't disagree, but at some point, the hunting's not very good here. You know, we're going to start cutting into our supplies. Okay. So I think... How many days worth of provisions do you think we have? Um, well, Citadel, thankfully, doesn't eat. So we're looking at us. We never dipped into our supplies, so we still have 10 days right. worth of supplies. We probably have enough fresh meat from the last hunt to last us one or two more days. Right. Um, I would say, you know, so we're looking at about a week, maybe 10 days if we stretch I would it. say after five more days, if we don't find something, we should consider traveling west to the town. Well, Otherwise, that, we're going to die in this swamp. That, that was going to be my recommendation. If we head due south to get to the edge of the swamp, that's approximately four days, barring any setbacks. From where we are, how long heading west do you think we would hit? the edge of the swamp if we were to go south so if, if we went <clears throat> if we went south four days to get to where home is roughly where it is on the map right it would take approximately four days well i was saying four days to get to the coast right 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 to the southern coast of right. the swamp so between here and the southern coast if the map is true we should stumble upon hopefully this home right but this this map isn't a complete peninsula drawing right so i'm not sure and I understand that. So my point is, in trying not to... So you came in here. The road kind of stops up here, and you come in. So I figure after this amount of days, you're somewhere in here. In that area. Now, if you were to look at this map at this scale, you know, you're talking all the way down here. That map looks like it might... It could possibly be either this section right here. Right. Or just... they. They drew a map not knowing how big the area was. Right. So that's why 
the, the two maps don't add up. Right, they don't obviously. Add up. So it, it's a little bit of a guessing game. If we head south to get to the coast, that's four days. If from there we head west, how long would it take us to get to the edge of the peninsula? Because my thought is... I would say five or six days, roughly. And that's that's an estimate. You know, give me give me three, four days. Right. Leeway, either either way. Okay. Um, I say we head south to the coast. Okay. And then we can just work our way along the coastline, and we can always fish for food. Hopefully, we have enough wood. Um, it's it's warm enough at night, so yeah. I don't think we need to burn a fire. So we'll have enough wood to cook for the rest of the journey. So even if that's two weeks, I think. I think we have enough to get us to the coast and then work our way west to the edge of the peninsula. All right, so we're going to start by going south? Yes. All right, give me a flat 20. Eight. And give me a flat four. Three. So you spent a couple days traveling south, taking your time. You haven't really seen anything worthwhile. You now have eight days of food remaining. Okay. Are we going to continue this plan going south? Yes. Give me a flat 20. 14. And give me a flat 4. 4. So you've gotten to the point that you have five days of food left. Okay. On this day, Whitmore notices a twig figure hanging in a tree. And the twig figure is one long stick hung by the tree with two shorter sticks pointing out, almost making like a T-shape or like a Y-shape with a tail coming out in between. And you can't help but notice the sound of a crow. Do we see the crow? No. You can hear it echoing. It's somewhere nearby. And this thing is hanging from a tree? Yes. It's a twig figurine. Um, Approximately how how big is this figurine? It's probably about two feet long by from tip to tip, maybe two feet wide. Um, and it looks like the uh, like this hanging from a tree branch. Okay. How far are we away from it? From this thing? Yeah, from like it's where just hanging on a tree nearby to you. All right, I want to go and investigate the twig. All right, give me an investigation. 18. It is a twig. Excellent. <laughs> it's pulpy. Um, it could possibly be made of the same material as the tree bark, but it was definitely made by hand, uh, and it was definitely hung up by hand. It's, there's nothing magical or mystical about it that you can detect. Okay. Um. Just scanning the area. Do I see any others? Give me perception. Nine. Nothing that you can see. Okay. On the plus side, the trees um, are few and far between, so it wouldn't take long to maybe travel an hour south, then come back to this point an hour east, an hour west, and just kind of take a look at the trees as you walk. Okay. Can we get a sense based on 
based on the makeup of the land if we're getting closer to the coast? I mean, you've been traveling south, yes. You're, you're getting slightly closer. Okay. Let's split up. Oh, I hate splitting the party. Okay. What time of the day? This is the... Around noon? 24th. It's the 30th of everything. Uh, it's about midday. All right, so let's split up. We've been traveling south. I'm going to go east with Citadel. Okay. Alvord, you head west. You bring in your dog? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to bring okay. the dog. Um, Alvord, head west, and Whitmore, head south. Um, it, it, where we are right now, does it seem like a place where we can set up camp? We I have mean, this tree and... Yeah, I, no, I no matter where you go, it's not going to be a comfortable camp. But right. the nice thing about the swamp, if you want to call it a nice thing, is it's all the same no matter where you go. So it's going to be a shitty camp no matter where you set up. Right. But it's all relative yes. to the swamp. Okay. Let's head two hours in each direction. So that means we'll regroup in four. So if it's around noon, by about four o'clock. So as the sun starts going down, that's when we we'll want to double back. Correct. Right, 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 right. Okay. So as the sun starts dropping... And just for fun, I'm going to take the twig down out of the tree. Okay. And I let my little pooch sniff it. Okay. Whatever. Let's see how good he is. He opens his mouth and takes it into his mouth. Perfect. Good. He can go run with it. And we head east. All right. So everyone's splitting up. Yes. All right. Give me a flat 20. 11. All right, so you travel east with Citadel and the dog. Uh, Whitmore goes south, right? Yes. And Alvord goes west. Um, all right, so on your travel, you don't really detect anything. You don't see anything hanging from the trees. When you see the sun starting to go down, you figure, okay, I guess it's, it's time to go back. Uh, and you start heading back. <sighs> After waiting a while, uh, surprisingly, everyone makes it back to this meeting point. And Alvord uh, says, listen, I, I, I got nothing. I um, didn't find anything. Whitmore found another twig. Oh, really? To the south. How far? He said it was about halfway through his journey. He found it, and he continued south and didn't see another one. He left it in the tree so that way we could find the tree on the way back. Good man, Whitmore. So it was about an hour south. Yes. And now it's about dusk. All right. We, we, all right, we'll set up camp. All right. Um, are we doing anything in particular at this camp? I asked Citadel if the, the twig means anything to him. Like, is this something from the old world that somebody used as a marker? No. Okay. Alvord mentions, you know, maybe this is what they meant. I mean, it could be a crow. Like the top part where it's connected to a tree could be the beak. The two things coming off the body could be wings, and the bottom is the body and tail, maybe? I mean... Could be. So now, did you make camp where you met up, or did you make camp south where we found that next twig? No, I'm saying if it was dusk at this point, we'll... Right where you are. Yeah, we'll stay where we are, and then the next day we'll head south. Okay. The, the one that Whitmore found. Anything else that you want to do? Uh, you have four days of food left. Mm, no. No, let's eat. We'll set up camp. 
And unless Albert wants to go hunting for some alligator. Do you want to go with him? Yeah, yeah, I'll go hunt some alligator. I leave the dog. I don't want my little puppy getting eaten by an alligator. Are you bringing Citadel? Mm, oh, no, I'm going to leave him with Whitmore. Can he be commanded to shut down? Maybe. I just... I, I ask him. He can come with me. Whitmore can stay with the dog. Uh, that is an unsuccessful trip. Okay. Um, possibly uh, Citadel making too much noise. Okay. That's it for the night? Yeah, I say we retire. As you fall asleep, you feel your body getting light. And you find yourself once again with this red-haired girl. Okay. And she's smiling at you. I smile back. And she says, I told you you were going to come to my home. Where is your home? You're getting there. How do I find you? Just follow the crows. Are we heading in the right direction south? She kind of giggles. And she sweeps her arm out for you to kind of like gesturing for you to look. And as you turn around and look, uh, you see her and two other women, the blonde-haired girl and the brunette-haired girl. And they're standing around um, like a fire pit in the, in the swamp uh, with all kinds of decorations and things hanging on the trees around them in this old old but warm and inviting looking cabin in the distance obviously it's it's a house um, and you can see her and her two sisters talking to each other and they kind of stop talking for a while and they kind of look at you and the girl in the red hair kind of motions for you waving her arm for you to come join them alright this time I join them as you're walking you see like a partially submerged um, stone archway sticking out of the swamp covered in moss really gross looking it looks like at some point it might have been in some kind of chapel or temple or castle or some kind of large stone building that had at some point sunk into the swamp and as you join them around the fire you wake up it's daybreak yeah it's the morning time is everybody else up yes so Surprisingly enough, this time I'm actually going to go to Whitmore. And Harrison's going to ask him, any dreams last night? Yeah, you too? Yes. Are you okay with this now? Uh, that was a bad one. Bad one? Yeah. Hey, what happened? The, the These three nasty women are beasts or some kind. I don't know. I could tell that they were the girls, but they weren't. They were uh, not happy with me. What did they say? I, I couldn't understand. They were, they were, one would start talking and then the other two would finish for them. Uh, and they were talking at the same time and it was really garbled. And, you know, when I first saw them, I felt warm and happy like the first time. But now... I don't think they want me coming. I saw you there, and you seemed like you were fine with it, and I, I, I'm guessing maybe we had different dreams this time. 
They were they were eating a child. Excuse me? They were eating a child. The 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 blonde was eating a it was like a baby. A human baby. It was far away, but that's what it looked like. And it, at first it was crying and kicking and then and then she just she ate it. Were there any landmarks in your dream that stand out? There was this this old broken down house with moss. It looked like like skulls hanging from it. Oh, this is not good. Does Alvord hear what we're talking about? Uh, Alvord's by the fire, uh, but he sees you guys talking, and he probably figures what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, so I'm eventually he stokes the fire a little bit and then gets up and makes his way over to you. Alvord, you, you dreamt last night. Yeah. What happened? Uh, the the brown-haired girl uh, was with me, and it felt like she was just trying to get me away from you. You and you and Whitmore were walking in the in the swamp and I remember she just kept tugging at me. No, don't go with them. Come with me. And, uh, and then she told me her name and it was uh Mary or Martha or Maria or something like that. But every time she said her name, these other words kept echoing in my head I what words it's a little fuzzy it was like she would say her name and it was an M word like a Maria or a Martha or Mary or something like that and then I kept hearing croaking the word croaking and it was like a gross sounding word and then ooze wiggle I don't the ooze wiggle or ooze wriggle or or Ooze Waddle or something like that. And every time she said her name, right before she said her name, I would hear the croaking word and then the ozone word or the urz word or whatever it was. Almost like she had three names, but she was only speaking the one. And every time she said her name, it gave me, like, it, it made my eyes and my head hurt. And she just kept pulling me away from you. Uh, and Whitmore was with the, the blonde girl, and I didn't catch her name. Um, and they're just standing in the middle of the swamp around this huge weeping willow tree. Citadel stands up. Your dreams are stupid. <laughs> it's time to go. And he stomps on the fire. We have to find the sisters. Well, that's what we're talking about, Citadel. Stop talking and start walking. Traveler, you're not going to get your weapons until you get to the sisters. All right, so we start breaking down camp, but Harrison will turn to Whitmore and when ask him, when you saw the sticks hanging from the trees about an hour south of here, did you happen to see this willow or anything that looked potentially like a, like a man-made structure of stone or wood? No. No, I mean, I traveled another maybe half hour, 45 minutes south, and I saw the sun starting to go down. Yeah, I wasn't really sure how much time it was, so I figured I'd just double back and come back. Okay. Roll a perception check. Nine. The twig figure that you originally found is hanging back in the tree again. The same one, like it has dog slobber on it. Nope, your dog has his. 
Oh, there's just another. I pointed out to the party. Uh, no one's happy about this. Citadel, he obviously, he does not sleep at night. Right. He can't see, but he hears and understands everything. So I, I look to Citadel, and I point to the twig. Do you know anything about this? It obviously it's appeared. wood. But thank you, Citadel. I appreciate your knowledge. <laughs> but do you know how it got here? Citadel, I would say, reaches up, but he's probably equal with it. Tears it off the tree, probably brings the branch with it. Breaks it up into little pieces a little bit in his hand. And he looks at it. It's the same one in your dog's mouth. Right, but the question, how did it get here? If we were all sleeping... Somebody hung it. Thank you. Wow, this guy is just straightforward, huh? You don't know who? No. And you don't know when, during the night? No. I did not detect anybody entering the camp. Okay. All right, let's head south. Roll a flat 20. Uh, plus one. Eight. And give me a flat four. Four. Well, I wanted to head south to where Whitmore saw the, the right. twig an hour south. Uh, so you Whitmore points out the tree where he found his twig. Okay. It's hanging there. Right. Um, so you continue south, right? No, I was going to say let's split up again. You want to split up again? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because we have rations for, what, four more days? Yeah. All right, so... Yeah, I wanted to do the same thing. Myself and Citadel are going to go an hour east. Or we'll go two hours. I mean, we, we have... You know, yeah, it's, it's probably day. like 10 o'clock in the morning. If right, that. right. Uh, give me, uh, all right, give me another flat 20. A one. All right. <laughs> oh, my God. So you're going to go about an hour and then turn back? Well, I figure we'll go till noon. So once the, the sun okay. is like high in the sky, then we'll, uh, we'll make our way back. All right. You meet back up. So now it's about 12, 30, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. Uh, nobody has found anything. No okay. progress. All right, I say let's just head south and get to the coast. You just want to keep going south? Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll head south. All right, you want to go, you have four days of food. You want to go one day at a time? Yeah, well, I'm imagining, um, I mean, based on just general knowledge, obviously nobody having been to the swamp this deep into the swamp before, like we don't necessarily know how far it's going to be, but yeah, we'll go one day at a time. We're going to try to hit the coast. All right, give me a flat 20. Another one. These dice suck. All right, so you go south. You don't see anything. We're at camp. Uh, you want to do anything at camp? Hmm. Alvord suggests if you want... Do we have any string or rope? Yeah, you have the rope from when you went into the mine. Uh, perfect. I want to make a perimeter around our camp. Okay. You know, maybe like knee high, maybe a little less. Okay. And just kind of circle whatever trees we can find. I just want to tie this off and hopefully, uh, you know, under the cloak of darkness. Okay. Um, Alvord suggests that if you want to start rationing the food, you have three days worth of food left. Right. You could probably get about five days out of it. Okay. If we start rationing. Yeah, we're going to have to do that. Okay. Because I don't want to die in the swamp. All right. Uh, so that's it? Yeah, we'll make camp and go to sleep. Okay. Uh, no dreams that night. Next morning, uh, again, rainy, nasty weather. You're all muddy. You're kind of gross. You're not really feeling it, you know. Uh, are we going to continue south? 
Yeah, let's head south. All right, give me a flat 20. 15. As you travel, you find another stick. (laughs) Except this time, the rope hanging it is like this. And it is pointing to the west. Or east, I guess, depending on your point of view. Shit. And I would say this is probably about 11 a.m. Okay. In heading south from where we were, the tail of that is pointing in which direction? When you first found it? Correct. It was hanging this way. No, right, I understand. So now we're, we're traveling, right? So we're going this way, and now we see this thing hanging from the tree. Which way is the tail pointing, to the left or to the right? Like, is it pointing east or west? The long part yeah, is yeah, going yeah. west. The short part is going east. Okay. All right. So I say we head west from here. All right. Give me one second. Sure. Uh, it is now the second of Adonis. Um, and it's a half moon at night if you're interested. Uh, and you have four days of food left. And you're going to go west? Yeah, we're going to head west. Give me a flat 20. Six. As you're walking, you see chunks of stone starting to kind of poke out of the swamp. Okay. Anything that resembles uh, the stone that I saw in my dream? It's the same kind of stone, but not in the same shape. Um, Mossy? Give me a perception. Ten. So it almost looks like there was a small village, possibly, set up here. Uh, You can see almost like footprints of buildings. Um, Upon further investigation, you can see that there's pieces of old, long, rotted wood poking out of the swamp. And uh, the remnants of possibly just a a temporary or a small village um, that started to sink, and eventually it was abandoned. You don't see any corpses or anything like that around. Right. But you can see footprints here and there perforated along the ground of buildings. Okay. No willow trees in the area? Here or there, but nothing gigantic. And I point them out to Whitmore and ask him if any of these recall any information from his dream. No. Okay. All right. Um, I guess we'll... Uh, how big of a village was this? Not even a dozen buildings. And just quickly looking at these buildings, none of them... None of them resemble um, the building that I saw in my dream. No. Yours almost looked like it was an archway of some kind, or maybe like the footing of a bridge. Right. It was it was picture like um like an archway that was cut in half and then tipped over into the swamp. Okay. Alright, so I say or I suggest maybe we should just we'll break our travel into increments. Like, I want to only go for, like, two, three hours as opposed to burning a day heading west. Okay. I just want to see if we run into anything that, that resembles, you know, this village and more stone. Uh, are you going to split up or are you guys going to stay together? 
Oh, I want to split up. We have four days. Yeah, we'll, we'll split up. My thought process is, if there's a village here, there has to be, or if there was a village here, there has to be a source of food somewhere close. So I'm just going to guesstimate that we're relatively close to the coastline, that people were able to go and get food and make it back to the village in a reasonable amount of time. So myself and Citadel will go west, and Alvord and Whitmore can head south. Which way are you going? Uh, we're going to go west. With Citadel? Yes. Give me a flat 20. 18. Okay. Uh, you find a secondary section of buildings, footprints of buildings, um, that seems to go out further. Uh, so you're not sure if this is the same village and they just kind of spread their buildings out or a different village, but it's the same kind of stone and you're starting to see more of it. Okay. All right, so we'll continue in that direction, maybe for like another hour. Okay. You end up finding the stone from your dream. Ooh. And in the distance, probably about... It's all flat, so you can see for a pretty good distance, even though there's fog and stuff, you can see the outline of a large tree. Not sure what kind of tree, but you can see the outline of a tree. Um, And it looks like it's probably a couple hours journey. Okay. My hope is that since we're kind of short on food and Alvord is a tracker, that when he reports back to the point where we broke off and sees that we don't return, he'll make it back there and then head west and eventually catch up with us. As opposed to us losing time going back, meeting up with them, and then working our way back over here. So you're going to continue, or are you going to wait where you are until everyone catches up with you? Well, in the interim, I think I'm going to investigate the that archway okay. that was broken and collapsed into the earth. Uh, give me an uh, investigation. 20. So it is definitely the stone from your dream. It looks like it was the archway of a church, perhaps. Um, maybe the entryway, a long, tall section of stone that rounds out at the top. So possibly for like grand doors walking into some kind of church. Uh, nothing really suspicious inside of it, other than it obviously was abandoned a long time ago, uh, possibly due to its sinking because they decided to build huge stone structures in a swamp. Right. But other than you being 100% sure it was from your dream, uh, nothing really stands out about it. Harrison will turn to Citadel and ask him if this is something that he's familiar with. Not so much the stone or this location, but maybe the, the church in and of itself, like who this church would have been dedicated to. or Like, is this to the old gods or is this... He can't tell from just looking at the stone, uh, but he does offer to start digging into the swamp to see if he can find more pieces. Sure. Dig away. So out of... Uh, Citadel's shoulders come large, like, crowbars and pry bars and steel kind of, like, his shoulder pads kind of invert and turn into almost like shovels. And he just goes to town, Mm. just digging. And he's digging in the swamp and digging and digging. And he finds stones, he finds shards of of stained glass, but it's been so collapsed and so long forgotten that it's kind of hard to find anything discerning. Okay. Now, he can continue digging for the day, uh, but after maybe, I would say, an hour or two of relentless digging, he's just finding more stones, more pieces, maybe a piece of a pew, 
um, maybe pieces of an altar, but nothing that's really descriptive of what this this building was, other than probably a church. Okay. Well, I would say he can hold off on the on the digging. By this point, uh, Alvord shows up, um, and the first thing he says is, "Have you seen Whitmore? Is he with you?" No, he was with you. He came back to find you because he found more of these sticks. I found the stone from my dream. This one right here? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good because the stick was pointing this way. So where is Whitmore? I don't know. Why did you leave him? He came back this way. I I was just going to come right behind him. I haven't seen him, though. Oh, no. This is not good. Well, I mean, I can see your tracks. It's not going to be hard. I mean, this this monster leaves huge footprints, so it's easy to track. I kind of just figured it would be fine. I was just going to meet him at the meeting spot. I went back. Nobody was there. I could see the footprints here. I thought something happened to all you guys together because we were only gone for maybe 20, 30 minutes. We didn't want to waste time. Can we backtrack and maybe you could pick up his tracks? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I just uh, that would probably be the best thing to do. Okay. Um, shit. So you're going to go with Alvord? Uh, yeah. Um, but before we leave, I just look in the distance towards the willow. Can Citadel obviously can see this, this willow. Um, so I turn to Citadel and ask him if he has any reading on that tree in the distance. The tree is suspicious. It's much bigger than everything around here. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm wondering if Whitmore headed towards the tree. What time of the day is it? I would say it's about two in the afternoon now. All right, so to backtrack to our original camp, or at least to where we would be able to pick up a trail of yeah, You Whitmore. only went like an hour, so you're not that far from your meeting spot. Okay, so we would still be able to go to the camp or the original location, hopefully pick up his tracks and still track him in daylight. Yeah. Okay. All right, so then let's do that. All right, so you guys head back. It's about 3 p.m. Uh, Alvord easily finds his tracks, and he follows them to kind of a wet area. Um, I mean, the whole place is wet, but right. it is uh, very swamp-like, and he finds Whitmore's sheath, or scabbard, in the mud. No. Do we lose his tracks? Uh, so, you can see that there's a struggle near the edge of... Yes. That's a good one. By the way, not to interrupt, Yes, it's only fitting that Harrison Bullet drinks bullet bourbon during the session. <laughs> Extra power. Shit's about to get real now. So I'm sorry. So his scabbard is in the mud. Yes. And right on the edge of this real deep, thick water. Deep water? As in like in, inside of the swamp, there's like a swamp a lake? Yeah. There's like a, like a pool of water. Oh, man. This fucking guy. And his, his tracks lead right up to this pool. Yeah, and, and they right, disappear. Yeah, and there's a struggle. Like you can see, the mud is kicked up, kicked up, uh, and whatnot. So there's obvious signs of a struggle. Yes. Um, are there tracks that we can follow after the struggle? You can't tell what they are. So it, it could have been a host of guys. It could have been an alligator. Could have been. After looking at this for a minute, the water starts to bubble, and Whitmore. Dives out of the water. Holy shit. And he's all covered in mud and scratches. And he's got his sword. And he's just kind of swinging it around. 
he falls on his butt and kind of just shimmies his way up the muddy bank up toward you. All right, I grab him by his collar. He's out of breath. <laughs> and as he's breathing, you can see something large cresting the water. Uh, this thing that you see almost looks like a log, and it's probably about 10 or 15 foot wide. What? And it starts rising, and you see old, decrepit teeth. At that point, probably a 40-foot-long alligator comes climbing out of the water, and it's hissing. Roll initiative. Oh, my God. Oh, this guy's cursed. A three. You got a three? Yes. Uh, this giant alligator starts shimmying towards you. And the combat order is going to be Alvord, Whitmore, the alligator. Alvord is up first and fires an arrow into the alligator uh, and embeds itself in its thick scales. Uh, Whitmore is still on the ground and he's trying desperately to get back to his feet. Uh, the alligator is up, and it targets uh, Whitmore, because it's hungry for, for Whitmore. And it snaps its jaw at Whitmore. Whitmore just kind of barely kicks it in the nose and backs up, so it swings its tail at him. And again, Whitmore rolls out of the way, uh, missing the, uh, the alligator. Uh... Citadel is up next. And Citadel smashes the alligator over the head with its warhammer. Uh, the thing kind of shakes a little bit and continues. You're up. What? I watched this guy mow down like 15 guys. He smashes this thing over the head with a warhammer and it just shakes him off. Uh, I'm gonna fire. Oh no, that's me looking into the distance, oh. <laughs> trying to figure out what the fuck I'm gonna do. So I'm not like blankly staring at you. <laughs> um, hmm. okay. You got a mighty crossbow and a huge dagger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going after this thing with a dagger. So, of course, I have no, um, no knowledge of weak points on alligators. So I would think. Yeah, I'm going to aim for its head. I just kind of point my, my... How far away am I from this thing? Because I was at the water's edge. Right. I would say when it came out, it just was very focused on Whitmore. So okay. I would say you're probably standing next to one of its hind legs. Okay. In fear, Harrison would stagger back. Okay. He would take maybe like 10 paces back and then just raise his crossbow and aim it towards his face since its face has to be fucking huge. Um, and fire off a shot. 12. That will miss. Uh, the crossbow bolt kind of clunks off of the crocodile's head. And uh, not even sure if he noticed it or not. Alvord is up. And Alvord fires at the crocodile and misses completely. Whitmore finally, with his wits about him, swings his sword and... Uh, just grazes over the top of the crocodile's head. 
The crocodile is up, and it's still targeting Whitmore, and it snaps its jaw at him and misses. Swings his tail and also misses. Citadel is up, and Citadel, uh, it's... Its plates start to shimmy again, and steam blows out of it. And Citadel charges at the giant crocodile and hits it. He takes his warhammer and swings it to the side and smashes it in the jaw. You can see some of these old, decrepit, scaly teeth uh, knock out of its head. And you're up. So my action will be loading a uh, a bolt into the crossbow. Right. You're not proficient. You have no right. feats. Yeah. But what I'm also going to do, um, I'm going to move into an area where I'm not surrounded by anybody because I could see this this crocodile when he does his tail attack that he's able to hit multiple people because of his size. So I just try to, you know, put myself in between. Um, I just give myself space. That's all. So I, I load a bolt into my crossbow, and then are I just kind of... Are you going to disengage, or are you just going to back up a little bit? No, no, no. I'm not disengaging. Uh, I'm just going to try to... Because I would think it, at this point, like, I'm not surrounded by guys, right? I staggered back when, when Whitmore came out of the water, and I saw this crocodile, and I would think maybe Alvord's close to me. Um, but I just try to gain some separation between myself and Alvord. So I'm not disengaging. I'm, okay. I'm still focused on the, uh, on the croc. So I'm just loading and, and maybe just kind of strafing to the side a little bit. Okay. Uh, Alvord is up and fires at this crocodile and misses. Whitmore takes a swing and it the sword just clunks right off of its nose. Uh, the crocodile is up and still wants Whitmore in a bad way and snaps its jaw at Whitmore. doing 23 damage to Whitmore. And now Whitmore is stuck in the alligator's mouth. All right, so as Jim Ross would say in the world of wrestling, business is starting to pick up in the world of Debrin. I thought uh, you were going to reference Bob Ross. No. Can I just point out, I don't understand, like... Beat the devil out of it. Between, between every... Recording of the intro and then like the follow up to the actual episode. I have to piss always, hands down, without fail. Dude, I piss more than the liquids that I take into my body. Easily, I probably could have filled four of these fucking glasses. I don't understand well, what the hell's going on. You said on. you had like three cups of coffee at the way. Very through. dehydrated right now. I have to hydrate. Well, if you're dehydrated, then you shouldn't be pissing. Well, I have to hydrate with whiskey. Yeah. That's Proof. what it is. Proof. I think when whiskey comes into my body, it expands four times. Maybe that's what's happening. Like the Grinch's heart. Yes. We're onto something. This is more magical than the land of Debrin. I have a feeling I'm going to be ordering pizza for dinner tonight. That is a very good idea. I'm starting to have a hard time. I like that. I might have to take a fucking... What do they call that? Uber. Uber from here. I don't think we have Ubers up here in the mountains. I might have to walk. Get my snowshoes on. I might have to. We might have to switch to coffee pretty soon here. Oh my god! I still have. Ha- I haven't even finished all this coffee. There you go. Perfect. 
Nah, more whiskey. Um, where do we leave off? So you you start. We started the the, the gameplay by uh, encountering this village. Uh, you decided not to help the people in this village no. or the the guy inside the inn. Why would I help a man? A dog, however. Yes. So let's. Uh, you obviously could care less about this inn and the fate that happened to that poor man. Let's skip right ahead to the the little poocher. Look, the dog was stuck in a bear trap. It was. How was I going to let it there to to die? Can't do that. I have a fucking heart. You do. So I saved the dog. You did. And uh, two. And I picture them being fat guys. I don't know why, but two fat. Cockney speaking motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Come out of the the woodworks. Oi. Yeah. Exact bingo. Yeah. And uh they're not happy about you fucking fucking with their dog. They're allegedly hunting a bear. Uh I have experience with that. And we get into a, a, a combat scenario. And it's really the only time this has happened, but I rolled a, a D four to see how many rounds it would take before Citadel awakened. And you did not disappoint, because right at the last moment, Good. Citadel came to life. The battle was what it was. It was, you know, it was fine. A couple of hits, a couple of misses. What I want to talk about is Citadel's eagerness to start chopping up the, the fallen enemies as food. Well, he understands the, the journey that's ahead of us, and he wants to make sure that we're not without, you know? Did you... Because in the episode, it, it pretty much just, yeah, no, we're good. I think kind of, I, I I believe Harrison kind of glazed over exactly what Citadel was really trying to offer. I didn't realize initially that he was talking about chopping, <laughs> chopping up these bandits, or whatever they are, um, and eating them as a, uh, as a form of food. Uh, was, not, was not thinking about that. <laughs> In retrospect, though, no, he's a fucking, he's a cannibal, and yeah. he's crazy. Yeah. And I do love the idea that he has utensils, like, built into him. That came about, I was cru- perusing, perhaps. Gordon Ramsay? Uh, the internet. Oh. The interwebs. And somebody was talking about how their Warforge comes with two random, quote-unquote, useless items for, more or less, for role-playing purposes. Okay. And I looked at list of said useless items. And I don't remember how it's listed in the... I don't know if it's in the player's handbook or the, the Dungeon Master's Guide, but cutlery and cooking utensils is one of the items. Now, this is something that you as a GM can roll for when you're making a, a uh, an NPC. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or a regular player character, like what's in your survival pack. Mm-hmm. You know. So I thought, how funny would it be if he just had cutlery built into his arms? I like it. In his hands. And he has an affinity for cooking. It was like a because what what else could be possibly more opposite than Citadel than the love of cook cookery? I like it. And the other thing, by coincidence, was digging equipment. Digging. I gave I gave him two, which came up later in the episode. But uh, so he he offers to slice up these guys. You say, nah, we're good. And then we finally enter the swamp. And. I purposely wanted to make the swamp as miserable and obnoxious as a swamp probably should be in real life. Mm. And I made a conscious effort to switch rules and start 
adding rules and taking away rules and start making a game of survival. Uh, I was making it very clear that throughout the journey, Alvord being an experienced hunter could supplement your food and you never actually get into your rations or your, your supply of food. Right. Even though theoretically in the swamp, there's still birds and frogs, hence the sound effects. So there's a little bit of lapse of reality there, I guess. But for the purposes of the game, I wanted to switch into a little bit of survival because that gameplay style is going to come up again later, eventually, one day. Well, and I think it's fair. Like, if, if you're going to pick any environment to have a survival aspect, like attributed to it, uh, like a swamp and a desert would be the two that come to mind. Yeah. So we know we're looking for this thing called the Path of Crows. We know that there's something on the West Coast, the West Peninsula, known as uh, Meat, as far as this map is concerned. Right. And we learn through some dialogue that it's actually a settlement. And you had zero desire to go there. You were... I, I, going back and listening to it, I remember thinking this while we were playing... You're, you were strangely obsessed with getting to the southern coast. Yeah, and I think it was only for reference. Okay. More than anything else. I, I just figured we were heading south, let's get to the coast, and then we can work from the coast. Yeah. <clears throat> so we start going south, and I started having you make a series of rolls. Uh, I was having you roll a 20 mm -hmm. to see how if you would find anything, and then a 4 to see how many days worth of travel you would waste looking for something. And I think you probably picked up on that at some point because then we started doing day-by-day -day investigations. Right. But you eventually find this Blair Witch-style stick hanging in the tree. Very confusing. Yeah. Um, but you, you worked it out. You know, you... Which I think was just by pure happenstance. I, I think that was just luck. I, I didn't expect you to split the party. And then when you did, I was like, that's actually a pretty good idea. So then I'm, you could probably hear when you listen to it, I'm making rolls like crazy because I'm rolling for Alvord and Whitmore because uh, I think you brought Citadel with you pretty much every time. Right. Uh, so I'm trying to see if they're going to find something. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you about my best <laughs> friend. Uh, and I realized that, not that you were cheating, but you're like, oh, man, he's making this easier than it should be. So I decided to punish you eventually. Good. I was waiting for that bad roll, and it finally came. The, pr the problem was, and people could probably tell when they listen, uh, Whitmore goes missing. And I didn't really put the pieces together because Alvord came back and said, have you seen Whitmore? And then, of course, your question was, well, weren't you with him? Right. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, I'm supposed to be with him. <laughs> so I gave a completely nonsensical answer of, oh, well, he went back and I didn't because of reasons. Right. <laughs> uh, because I, I, you had made it clear that you're not going to go back and look for them or wait for them to meet up with you. Right. We had our meeting point, and I figured Alvord, as the experienced hunter, like he should be able to figure out where he's going and then track himself back to where we yeah. had to meet. So. Right. Uh, so I was viciously trying to find a, a logical reason why he wasn't with Whitmore. No, you figured that one out. I, I just kept talking until you got annoyed <laughs> and said, okay, let's go find him. <laughs> um, 
But uh, so what what were you thinking in the swamp? You're in the middle of it. I'm I'm rapidly depleting your food. Uh, the swamp was becoming very dire. Um, I figured we were either going to find something or we were going to start dying one by one. Um, or we were going to make it to the southern coast and, you know, we would just deal with it once we got there, which obviously we never got to the southern coast in this episode. So my fear was, yeah, we were going to start to die. There were four of us. I, I did really what everybody tells everybody else not to do, which is split the party. But I figured, look, there's four of us. And again, it's a, it's a one-man campaign, so um, it was one of those situations where I felt splitting the party would probably be the best way to accomplish, you know, covering as much ground as we can, just to kind of expedite things, which ultimately I think works out. Um, in retrospect, though, would I have split the party? Probably not. Due to what ended up, uh, <laughs> what right. ended up taking place with, we Wood end Boy. up meeting a giant alligator, alladile, or crocodile. Crocodile. Um, I I think in the fight we ended up going, we, we yeah. switched back and forth. Yeah, and we can attribute that to drinking. Yeah, sure. and really, like, who gives a fuck? Yeah, same fucking thing. Because there's not two stat blocks for the giant alligator and the giant crocodile. Right, same shit. Um, but boy. Did I, did I underestimate how powerful? So for those who I'm sure most people listening to this know, but the challenge rating system, uh, and and everyone I think more or less agrees that it's kind of a broken system, but it is a good guideline. And when a challenge rating is five, and I knew this, but it's for four people at level five. So when right. you have Citadel at level ten, and everyone else at level nothing. That doesn't yes. really help. No. And uh, we we cut the episode middle fight, but it's not going great. No, 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 no. It's not off to a good start, which which really, you know, begs the question, how do you handle challenge rating when it comes to a party with different leveled characters? Like, where do you find that scale? This was the first time, and we haven't finished the fight yet, even though in real time we have. Right. Uh, but for the purposes of this episode, we haven't finished the fight yet. But I could tell once one full round completed that there might be a problem because this thing was hitting for... Oh, it was big damage. Yeah, like it could have TPK'd every... Well, not TPK'd, but it, it could have wiped out everybody except for Citadel. Right. And if Citadel's there by himself... It wouldn't be long. It would be a war of attrition at that right. point. Well, you have to figure what. If Citadel is running at approximately level 10, right, and I'm zero, so I'm a wash, and Alvord, let's say he's one and Whitmore is two, you're looking at a total of 13 levels. When you take a look at a at a, at a entity that, as the GM, you're going to kind of throw at a party that's supposed to be four characters at level five, that's 20 right. levels. right. right. So where's the balance? Yeah. You know, like, how, how does that scale? And that's, that's where an interesting conversation comes up that you can find a lot on YouTube about these, these pro DM players discussing this, and that's fudging things behind the screen and, and making things happen. <clears throat> and it's a delicate balance between I can't be afraid to kill your character. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm fighting guards, or let me rephrase that, if you're fighting guards or something like that, there's always a way out. You're fighting a wild animal, so there is no 
the animal's trying to knock you out. This is to the death. Right. But yeah, but the cam- primal. Right. And the campaign is just getting started. So, you know, yeah, I'm sitting there thinking, how close are we to, to death? I'm okay with everyone dying except for you. If you're going to die, like, I, I don't want it to be at the hands of some fucking alligator. Uh, but now here's the thing. If it was a poor decision on my part, like, that should be okay. Yeah. And that's just a product of the campaign. The first, and that shows everybody, look, look, the player's actions will dictate whether or not the player survives. Right. And especially in a solo campaign. It, it would suck because obviously we'd have to restart. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think as the GM, like, it should be fluffed. No. Just to save. Because I think at that point what happens is, like, you start to empower the player in thinking, look, I could do whatever the fuck I want because I know the GM isn't going to kill me. On a one-on-one campaign, as opposed to the player learning, look, here's a situation that was truly deadly. We barely survived. So next time we encounter something like this, like I need to be more cautious as the player in that particular situation. Right. Luckily, the the crocodile ended up getting killed before that really became an issue. But I felt like the enemies or the the player characters, for lack of a better term. The DM PCs he was targeting made sense. He was eating Whitmore. Whitmore escaped. All he cared about was eating Whitmore. So Whitmore right. was basically tanking this entire thing. Uh, and really, the only fluff roll that I think was made was the killing blow, because when you killed it, it had one hit point left. And I was like, I'm not going to go through another whole round of fighting for right. one hit point. I, so I gave it to you on that one. But there was a point where I'm like, I might have to do something with this alligator because reading it in the book, you're like, okay, that makes sense. Until you start rolling four d six for damage, I'm like, yeah. oh, he just downed. Oh, he just downed. Oh boy, this is not good. Yeah, because four d six could potentially double my hit points, right? And I'm dead. and there's no death saving throws, right? I'm you're, just automatically yeah. dead. And for any level one character. Right. You know, so again, you know, it goes back to the question, like, how do you balance when you have one high level, whether it's a character that's being played by a player or an NPC that's in the party, how do you balance that character amongst the other characters within the party? Yeah. You know. So, um, but the big things that were achieved are you found what you believe to be the campsite of the sisters. Yes. Uh, And... You f- are fighting a big fucking alligator or crocodile, depending on where you come from. Right. Yeah. Or how he identifies. Right. Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about with the swamp? Was it as obnoxious as I was trying to make it out to be? I don't think it was obnoxious. I think it was more... I think the way that it was handled puts pressure on the player. Like, what decision are you going to make next? Like, are you going to die in this fucking swamp? Or are you going to have to, like, revamp your plan based on what the GM is throwing at you? Right? If you see that, like, every time I head south, I'm rolling a D20 for luck on, like, the circumstances that are going to surround my venture, and a D4 for how many fucking days are going to go by, and I know that I only have, like, eight days of food left, like, in two rolls, I could be dead. So does it dictate 
what my choices are going to be. And I, I think that's important to know. You know, do you get bogged down, not to, no pun intended, do you get bogged down by the swamp and, like, navigating through the through the swamp and, like, what the GM is trying to, like, throw at you? Or do you just keep plugging away at what, like, your intent is as a player to try to make it to what you feel your goal is going to be? Yeah. I mean, there's <clears throat> there's continents out there that you haven't been to yet. And one thing, it's a GM, and I GM'd for 10 years, eight years maybe. I never did a hex crawl. And mm. this is kind of like baby's first hex crawl because the other continents, you we don't have any frame of reference. Right. So that's going to be kind of our introduction. This swamp scenario, you know, we have one continent that's a, a frozen barren wasteland and one continent that's a jungle. The entire continent more or less is a jungle. These are going to be hex crawls. Right. And you know what to say about baby. Nobody puts baby in a corner. It's from Dirty Dancing. <laughs> and on that note, to uh, to the jungle. Oh, man. May it be easier to get through than searching for a boat. To, to, to the boats. Boats and, and hose. Boats and hose. <laughs> to the swamp. I enjoyed the swamp. To the number eight. Your obsession with the number eight. Is and the hemp's. And, or and the, the hemp's. The, the, the bemps. What did I call it? The bumps from three. Oh, the, the humps? The hemp's. The hemp's. Yeah. No, you fucked up. You had a roll for that one, right? Yeah. yeah you called it hemp's? Something like that. Yeah, so So long ago. Fucking eons. Eons ago. To dice. And pipes. I'm out of liquor! <laughs>